You're listening to the America for God podcast, the show that asks the question, where does God belong in the future of America? I'm your host, Daniel Gulo. Each week we interview passionate individuals to understand their viewpoints on current events and concerns about faith. The show is available on BitChute, Rumble, SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, and by visiting our website at www.americaforgod.com. Please consider donating by visiting our website, www.americaforgod.com. Episode 3, December 4th, 2020. Today on our show, we have Earl Gibson III. Earl is a veteran of the United States Air Force, a patriotic conservative supporter of America and our president, and most importantly, he is a passionate man of God and disciple of Christ. Earl, welcome to the show. What's up, brother? Got kicked off of LinkedIn. You did too? Yeah. Well, I'm back now, but what's going on with that? I don't know. Apparently, uh, apparently I, I had some hate speech, whatever that is. Yeah, I saw that. Where did that come from? What are they referencing? I didn't see the original stuff that you posted. So Yeah, I, I have no idea. I got the update about them. Uh, I guess they updated the, the terms of, and conditions. So I was going through and I was reading it to figure out, you know, what they updated and things like that. And then next thing I know, it, uh, it refreshed and it kicked me out. So they, they didn't even like give you a post to say this is what, you know, the text was? That, no. No, nothing. No. So the email, the email that I sent was the one that they sent me. Wow. That's crazy, man. It was like, yeah, you know, you can't have hate speech. Hate speech is not okay towards anybody based on their ethnicity, race, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, those are the, those are the things that people bother me about. So, I mean, what are you talking about? It's just so foolish because, I mean, you know, they'll, they'll say, all right, well, you violated the terms of service and the uh, professional community policies. And, and, like, for me, what they did was they, they gave me six different posts. And those were all, like, gateway pundit articles i didn't even make a comment or anything right all i did was say you know here's the article so i'm just sharing it and from you know gateway pundit is a is a recognized news source and then and and so they said that was graphic and inappropriate content and then later on you know after i argued with them several different replies back and forth finally the guy said well it's false content i'm like oh okay so you fact checked all these articles so tell me what about each article was incorrect or whatever, right? But he wasn't giving me anything. Exactly. So that guy evidently, you know, he was like, well, there's, because he said in the email, he was like, there's going to be no further correspondence. I was like, well, I mean, you didn't give me anything. You didn't tell me nothing, you know? So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But, you know, I'm not opposed to putting his name specifically on, on the lawsuit that we're looking at. So. And that was that, that guy, Cody, right? Yeah. Cody, Cody Murphy. See, the problem with mine is, you know, his name in the email is Daniel, right? But judging by the time zone, you know, when they reply is in the middle of the night. So I'm thinking they're probably like in Asia or over in the Ukraine or something. So they're, the name that they're using is maybe false or, or different than their actual name. So I can't really pinpoint it. Yeah, and that's why, that's why like anybody who's asked me, I tell them, hey, you know, ask for their first and last name and their employee ID they're lying they're going to escalate the matter so so this this whole lawsuit thing um i think it's a necessary you know it's necessary something has to happen uh to set the precedent there's got to be one big um 
you know, case to kind of set the tone for all the rest of the, the uh, social media platforms. Yeah. And I agree, man. And I think, uh, I think LinkedIn has been kind of under the radar uh, in regards to like all the, all the big tech companies. Cause most people look at Twitter and Facebook and, you know, stuff like that. But uh, LinkedIn's kind of flown under the radar and it even shows in their terms and conditions, man, they're, they're, they're old and they're outdated, you know, and they're trying to apply these nonsensical things to, you know, these outdated policies that they have. Everything's based on perception. It's like, Oh, it looked like you said something mean to somebody. So we're going to kick you off. And it's like, where's it show that at? Uh, well, it can be read here, you know, and I'm making a determination and that's it. It's like, well, that's not how that works. But <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know, like I have a law degree. That's what, that's what I studied in college and stuff. And um, I'm like, you got to prove the case. You got to have evidence. If you're going to make some kind of a claim, any claim whatsoever, you got to back that up and, you know, say here, this phrase right here goes against this policy. Right. Um, but they're not doing that. They're just kind of, Oh, I feel like banning this person or I feel like suspending this person. So. And all, all the letters read the same. It's like, we saw that you violated the terms and conditions and now, you know, your appeal's not going through. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> we'll get back to you in 14 days. Send your, send a picture of your driver's license and stuff. I think they were doing that just to try and get, you know, information on us and, you know, find out who we were. So that way they could ban us. Cause then, yeah, like I, I got, I got suspended permanently back in 2019 in March and uh, they weren't budging on that one. Um, what happened was when the Mueller report came out and it was like nothing, you know, um, I posted on LinkedIn, well, here's a list of all the people that should be publicly executed for treason. And um, I didn't say it, but I was citing um, 18 USC 2381 about treason, right? And it says right in there, you know, $10,000 fine or punishable by death and so on. And and I, and I obviously didn't mean, you know, hey, let's all get together and lynch these people. I meant, obviously, you know, following due process and the Fourth Amendment and the Sixth Amendment and everything else. But I went back and forth with them on that. And they're like, no, we're not going to give you your account back. Check this out. The Secret Service came to my house because like one of the people I mentioned was President Obama, ex-President Obama, former President Obama. I'm like, you know, and, and the Secret Service came to my house and they're, at, they're saying, so what did you mean by this? And what did you mean by that? I'm like, Dude, I wasn't, I wasn't meaning we should all get together. I said, you know, according to the constitution, this should happen. Right. And so they're like, Oh, okay. It's your first amendment. Right. To say that stuff. But they're like, we gotta, we gotta follow up on all these leads. Oh, really? Do you, do you now, do you really have to follow up? Okay. Well, I can attest to the fact that, you know, black folks aren't the only ones that are getting visits by law enforcement. (laughs) Oh man, I thought that was a uh, that was only our thing, you know. Going to the news, it's, it's only us. But yeah, I hope it's um, you know, I'm, I'm praying for good things with with the lawsuit because you do, man. We got to make an example out of somebody, right? But other than that, I mean, how are you doing, dude? I'm fine, man. I'm good. I mean, I'm a I'm a little irritated with it, you know. It's especially over nonsense, especially when you have people like uh, what's her name, Madison Butler, saying the ridiculous stuff that she says 
every week, you know, about conservative people. And it's like ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's not a standard that's equally applied to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's funny because we have all these companies saying, bring your full self to work, right? You know, be who you are and all that. So, I mean, LinkedIn's definitely behind the times because they're not, they're not following that same kind of cultural um, directive of allowing people to have an opinion. It's foolish to think that you can separate your personal beliefs, your political beliefs and, and um, religious beliefs and so on from your work life. Right. And it should be okay for everyone to, to be themselves and express their opinions and stuff. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all for it, man. And, and being, being a vet, people have the right to say whatever they want to say, you know, and if, if I don't want to hear it, I'm not going to listen to it. I mean, it's, I'm not going to try and shut them down because I simply disagree with it. You know, I have the option to listen or to not listen or to block them or to mute them. So I don't see their stuff. I mean, it's, it's not hard. And that's, that's what this is in the terms and conditions that we're responsible for that. You know, if we don't, if we don't like something, we're responsible to mute that person or to block them or, you know, to do that thing. They didn't say, yeah, we need to remove them from the platform. It doesn't say any of that. You know, that's, that's how it should be. Um, it, they're trying to play both sides of that, you know, be a public square and be a curator of content. And, and in the middle of it, they need to pick a side. Yeah. If they're going to be public square. Then to your point, right? Everybody's got to put on their big boy pants and, and, you know, block people and take accountability for their own feed. And I think that's the way it should be, right? If somebody says something you don't like, you just like block that person, right? Or, you know, disable the notifications for that post if you like what they normally say, but they're just being a, an idiot on one po post or something, then yeah, whatever. The whole, the whole idea of having a meaningful discourse and discussion these days is just gone. Yeah, it's one side, you know, one side wants to dominate the the, the conversation, you know, they, they claim that, and it, it's funny because they're the main side that preaches diversity and inclusion and everybody having a voice and all this love and all that stuff. But they're, they're like the total opposite of all that. They're intolerant, you know, and they're aggressive and immature and unprofessional. Yeah. And there's, there's definitely a couple people on there that, um, you know, I won't name a name, but this, this one person, it's like all over, their profile, it's, it's plastered. Um, it's my mission or my, you know, vision to make LinkedIn all about professionalism. And, and then, then when I got, when I got let back on LinkedIn, they were saying, Daniel Golo has only been back for like three hours and already he's made 10 posts. Oh yeah. I, rem I remember you posting that. Yeah. So they're definitely, it's definitely targeted harassment by certain people. There were people out there who were just saying that, you know, it didn't matter what I were, what I would say, or what I would post, they would, you know, go through and try and report it or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I did my due diligence and block those people, follow the rules of LinkedIn, you know, block them, report them. Nothing happened to them. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing that too. You know, I, I'm not messing around anymore. I used to let people, you know, camp out on my threads and, and um, you know, make their idiotic comments and stuff. But not anymore. Once I, I don't even argue anymore. If somebody posts something like, well, this is not Facebook, it's LinkedIn. I just basically delete that comment and then block them right away. Yeah, I started blocking based on uh, on their whatever area they lived in. So if they're Canadian, I would block them. If they're from California, I would block them. San Francisco? Boom. Yeah, I would block them instantly, man. Because, you know, you could just tell. 
You know, I would try and give them the opportunity, but it's like so much stupid stuff is coming from the same areas where it's like, no, I'm, I'm just going to block you. Where did you grow up? So I grew up, uh, I grew up overseas, man. I grew up in, in Spain, Japan, and Alaska. Okay. Was your uh, family military then? Yeah. So I'm second generation Air Force. Yeah. I've been, I've been exposed to a lot of different cultures and things like that. Uh, more so than a lot of, a lot of people here, you know, stateside. It's just ridiculous to me. You know, people only see their, their block or whatever. And, you know, they make assumptions of everybody based on the area that they live in. Like I've noticed when it comes to this whole, you know, racism thing, uh, it's more prevalent up north than it is here down south. Like we don't, I mean, yeah, there are racist people everywhere, but as far as people getting along, we have no issues getting along with people down here, you know, in, in Texas. It's it's pretty much, hey, you mind your business, I'll mind mine. Don't make me do anything I don't want to do, and I'm gonna leave you alone. And that, I mean, that's 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 it. But it's like when I when I talk to, you know, especially black people who are like from the northern parts and stuff like that. You know, it's like, no, you you have to agree with this because we're all oppressed. And I'm like, no, we're not. Shut up. It's just, it's irritating, man. Yeah, I, I don't get it myself. I grew up in uh, Orange County, California. And, um, you know, in, in back in the, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, that was like a, it's a super affluent area, right? I mean, I did, my family was not really affluent, but we grew up in that area. Um, and it's just funny because the high school we went to, all the people who are super loaded now, it seems like they've all turned uber left. I'm like, where did that come from? I mean, your family grew up with all this money and now you're like bleeding heart liberal. I don't get it. It's like they want to they wanna embrace the struggle, which I don't, I don't get. They're like, oh yeah, you know, uh, black people, we got a heart in this country. I'm like, do we really? Do, do we? I can get preference over schools, jobs, all kinds of things just because I'm a different color, which is, I think is ridiculous. But to say that there's a struggle, you know, tied to that, I, I don't want to believe that at all. I, I don't, I think it's stupid. Yeah. And you know, I'm not, not making a statement about, you know, black or, or whatever, but um, I've been, I've been throughout the United States pretty much. I've traveled a lot myself having been in the military and uh, moved around for, you know, after college for different jobs and so on. But it was a real eye opener for me to go to like China and India. And I'm like, dude, nobody in this country has any problems whatsoever. I mean, you go over to India and you got people driving the wrong way down the road. Um, you know, you got a five or six person family on one motorcycle, you know, just stacked up and all kinds of craziness. So I'm like, they just make things happen. And they're some of the happiest people. You go to India, and everybody's like, you know, driving around in their motor scooters and everything else. And uh, so we come back here and people are complaining, oh my gosh, that guy cut me off on the freeway or whatever. And it's like ruining their day. I think people need to get out more and see what the rest of the world is like. And then you'd be like, yeah, I have no complaints. Yeah, man, we're, uh, we're, we're privileged here. We're, it's, a, it's a privilege, you know, just being American. And they need to realize that. It's like you realize there are people who are dying trying to get into this country. There's a reason for that. You know, if the country's so terrible, then you can leave anytime you want to. You know, you're not you're not rooted to the United States. You're not a tree. You can get up and leave anytime you want to. You can go anywhere you want. But good luck, though, because the things that you're doing here, you're not going to be able to do in some countries. So good luck with that. Remember that time when there was always people fleeing capitalism so they could go to, like, Venezuela and live, you know? And a lot for bread and, and things like that. And it's just not happening. 
Yeah, so I got a I got a buddy of mine, man. He lives in my neighborhood, and he's from uh, he's from Nigeria, and uh, he's been here been here about two years. And he was telling me about Nigeria. He was like, "Yeah, he's like, you know, the corruption is prevalent there in the country. Everybody knows about it, but you say something about it, they'll literally kill your entire family." But I mean, we don't have those issues here in the United States. People say, you know, stupid stuff all the time, and you know they're they're entitled about it. But yeah, all the stuff that's going on here, and we were talking, we were talking for like forty five minutes, and he was like, "Yeah," he's like, "All these protests and stuff." He was like, "The soldiers would just come and just slaughter everybody," he's like, "Cause we're not putting up with that." He's like, oh, "You can't do that." That's part of the reason why he moved to the United States because of the reason. So like, yeah, all these all these protests and stuff, and you know, people mad and burning down buildings. He's like, "No." It's like the soldiers would come and they would just slaughter anybody who was out there protesting and then just burn the bodies. And people are saying, oh, Trump is so fascist and blah, blah, blah. If he were fascist, he, the first protest, he would have just done that, what you're saying, right? He would have mowed everybody down with machine guns or something. We have the ability to. And, and my thing on it, man, I'm like, do you guys really want a rising from the people who are like far, far right? Do you really want those people coming out of their bunkers and stuff? I, I, I don't. No, thank you. I'm good. Yeah, because I mean, there are there are some you know really super extreme folks out there that are you know you catch them on different platforms talking about stuff, and uh, I'm just like, okay, man. If you ever saw, have you ever seen that movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas? No, I haven't. Okay, he works for the Department of Defense. And he loses his job and he's like this really nerdy guy and he just gets out of his car on the freeway in Los Angeles and walks away. And um, what he's trying to do is get to his daughter's birthday. But there's this one part where he goes to like an army surplus store and there's this total whack job, right? Um, You know, a total Nazi guy. And um, he's like, what kind of vigilante are you? And he's like, I'm not a vigilante. I'm nothing like you. Right. (laughs) So I'll be out there on, you know, Parler or Gab or these other platforms and people will text me and stuff and say, I'm like you, we're alike. I'm like, no, you're some kind of crazy, you're just lost your mind. That's not me at all. I want unity. I want all of us to be together. I don't, you know, I don't care about color or whatever. Let's make America great. I mean, I really believe together. Let's do it. Yeah, man, you know, I'm, I'm big on, you know, everybody's just, just getting along. I mean, and not bothering. And it's, it's not a hard concept. It's like, look, you have the same rights I do. You don't infringe on my rights. I won't infringe on yours. You know, I, I don't care what you want to do, what you want to be, you know, who you're living your life as. I don't care. But don't try and change laws to make me care. That's when I have a problem. When you're going through and you're trying to legislate, me liking you you can't legislate people liking people it's no it's not gonna happen i'm not gonna tolerate it you're not gonna make me like somebody and put up with stuff i don't want to <laughs> now you know one thing though i think um might it might be worthwhile for us to make military service required i agree with that tell me more about your thoughts on that i agree man i think that there should be like a, a mandatory uh service commitment from from people at least two years I mean, with, with the two-year service, you know, commitment, it's, it's not hard to do two years in the military. You know, at least you'll be disciplined, you know, and, and from the two years, you can decide if you want to just go, you know, the, the full four years, the six years, you know, or, you know, if you want to retire or whatever, you want to go from there. But I know even countries like Israel, they have a, a mandatory, 
you know, military service, you know, it works out great. It breeds a different generation of, of people, you know, because when people come out, come out of high school, man, they don't know what they're doing. They have no idea. You know, they, they're trying to figure it out while they're in college. And it's easy to indoctrinate those people. You know, that's why we have a lot of, you know, college idiots out here, you know, running around screaming about oppression. And it's like, you realize you're in college, right? You're in college and you're talking about you're oppressed, really? Free room, free board. Exactly. Mommy and daddy paying for everything. Like you, you drove you drove to the college campus in a $30,000 car, you know, and you got, you know, $5,000 worth of books in your backpack and you got a $1,100 laptop that you're talking, that you're doing your homework on and a $1,000 phone and you're oppressed. Okay. All right. Like I, when I, when I graduated high school, I was, you know, I was blessed to get right into college, but then I acted like an idiot and, you know, all I wanted to do was party and, and I got, ended up getting kicked out and, you know, my folks were paying for stuff. And my, like I said, my folks didn't have a whole lot of money. My dad scraped together to get to send us off to college. And then I was, you know, I was horrible. I just wasted all his money. But then it got to the point where he's like, look, I'm cutting you off, right? You're not serious about this or anything. And I had nowhere to go. I had no marketable skills or anything. So I said, well, I'm going to go join the Navy. And uh, this is around a time of Desert Storm. And so I was in for a couple of years during, during Desert Storm. But, but that experience really, you know, it really literally whipped me into shape and um, taught me what life was all about. And I came out of there a man. And then, you know, I, I didn't even bother to go back to my folks and say, hey, could you help me pay for college? I'm like, no, I'm going to do this myself. And uh, then I was making straight A's the whole rest of the time because I had pride and responsibility. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a different mentality. And I went to the military right out of high school. My dad, he worked at the MEPS uh, and they did the testing and stuff like that. So when it came to, to graduating, he was like, look, man, he's like, you know, your, your grades are, you're, you're kind of lazy with your grades. You know, so I don't think the college is going to be be a road. You're going to be going down, you know, not right now, but uh, I'm going to take you to work with me. So he took me to work with him. I uh, had a had a little waiver because I enlisted when I was actually 16. And then I swore in, you know, when I was 17, I turned. So I graduated in 2000. I was 16 when I graduated. I turned 17 July of 2000. And then November of 2000, I was here in San Antonio, Texas at boot camp. So. Right out of high school, man. Right, right out of high school. I worked during the summertime, so I didn't get to, you know, hang out during the summer or anything like that. It was mostly uh, getting my weight down so I can go to basic training. So that was it. That was it. And it, you know, put me in a position where I had to grow up. And I think that, you know, I, I think that would be beneficial for a lot, of these, a lot of these kids out there, you know, making it mandatory. Yeah. I mean, on, on the one hand, they're they're paying for the freedom that they've enjoyed and are, will enjoy by staying in the country. I mean, in, in this country, make that a way of earning some of their college money. Right. And that'll be a burden off the parents. The parents would be like happy to say, Oh yeah, you know, my kids in the army or the Marine Corps or whatever. And uh, you know, the first couple of years of college are free after they get out or something. Right. Yeah. It'd be nice, man. I, I mean, that, that sounds like a, a good plan. Of course, we got lawmakers that probably wouldn't go for it. You know, they just want everything to be free and, you know, magic money coming out the air, however that works. Everything's free. Everything. Yeah, free school, free, free health care, free everything. Just just free, free, free. And I, I really think that, and this is just my feeling, I, I think that 
you know, once uh, and I mentioned in the chat, I think that once uh, President Trump wins re-election, I think that you know all the gloves are coming off. Yeah, it's going to get ugly one way or the other. Um, either, like you said, I mean, either I, I feel Trump's going to win, but you know, let's let's just for argument's sake say he doesn't win. Um, either either he's going to win and things are going to get ugly. Um, because people won't accept it and, or they're going to say, well, we're going to totally turn up our, turn up the volume and, and start attacking people or Biden's going to win and they're going to be totally emboldened and overconfident. And they're going to say, well, now we got, you know, look at us now, we got the president on our side and everything else. And they're going to turn up the volume. So either way, we're looking at some tough times coming. Yeah. I think of uh, when, I think that when Trump wins, I think that it's going to work out really bad for them. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be really, really bad for them. Because, I mean, even just looking at the videos that they don't want to post when uh, when these, you know, protesters are going to, like, these suburbs of, like, even suburbs of, like, Portland, and they're going out there and just getting mollywopped by the residents, you know, in the community. And they're like, no, keep that in Portland. Don't bring that out here. And that's the same here, you know, in, in Texas. It's like – Okay, well, you guys are doing, you know, all your craziness up there in Austin, which is only 45 minutes from here, but they're not coming here to San Antonio at all. They're they're not. They're not making that 45, they're not making that 45 minute drive here to San Antonio. This is no, it's not going to happen. Why why do why do you think that is? Well, I mean, we got five different military bases here in, in San Antonio, so real conservative. You know, we have we have some liberal idiots around here, but for the most part, yeah, they don't want that smoke. Yeah, I, I think once Trump wins, he's, you know, right now, a lot of a lot of people are saying, well, why don't you declare the Insurgency Act and, you know, pull in the DHS and, and the military and everything else to to uh, quash all these uprisings and, and violent, you know, violent uh, terrorist acts and such. Um, but I'm like, well, there's an election. If he invoked the Insurgency Act, then that would have an impact on his ability to be reelected. But I think once he takes office, or once he is reelected and, and so on, he's not going to play anymore. He's just going to drop the hammer. Yeah, and they've been going through arresting, you know, going through arresting some of the protesters and stuff. Uh, a lot of the leaders of Antifa, they've been going through quietly arresting them. And uh, it's been going under the radar. And I believe that they're snitching. They're snitching out people where they're getting money from. So uh, when, I, when I watch Trump, it's like, this man, he knows what's going on. You know, he knows. And even like you look at AG Barr and AG Barr is like, yeah, you know, yeah, we understand. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's all good. No, we're, we're good. And it's like you can tell that they're kind of waiting on something. It's like once once that win is locked in, you know, I, I really think that some mayors are going to be recalled and arrested. I think that some governors are going to be recalled and arrested and, you know, protesters. Because, I mean, it, that contact tracing is out there. It's still out there. And remember who brought it. You know, the the conservatives didn't bring, you know, contact tracing. It was the, the liberals who wanted all that, you know, for this COVID-19. So you guys brought it up on yourselves. So you're wondering how, you know, the federal government is able to track you guys down and how they know that you were out there protesting. Well, now you know. You should have turned your location off on your phone. But, yeah, I think that's going to happen. And I think the, the protections that these uh, tech giants have, I think that that's going to be gone as well. You know, I think that there's nothing going to be there to protect them from lawsuits and things like that. 
because the advantage that they use, they like to go by, a, by like California. So they go by California law and California liberal judges and things. And that's where they take it at their courts and stuff when they're, when they're, you know, handling lawsuits, which helps them out because they win. But now if you can file lawsuits in other states where there's conservative judges, like here in Texas, you know, I file a, a lawsuit here in Texas against that company out there, then we have to handle it here in Texas, you know, and it's not going to go on their side. So uh, I think things like that are positive. Yeah, that and, and Trump, you know, he's been putting judges in place to change the makeup of the circuit courts, like the Ninth Circuit Court, which is notorious for its rendering its decisions and opinions and such. So, yeah, he'll have an, another four four years of, of uh, you know, changing the landscape there and, you know, possibly another two Supreme Court appointees, maybe. It'll be it'll be awesome, man. But I know we got to win, you know, we got to win local elections as well. Cause that's, that's where, you know, it really affects people's households is at the local level. So, you know, people need to vote for better mayors, better city council, school boards and things like that. You know, people got to get involved in it. If they're not voting, they need to get involved. You know, it's imperative that they get involved in the local elections. Cause those, those are the most important ones and they overlook them, you know, and that's, I, I think that, you know, Republicans, they need to focus more on local elections because they just kind of gloss over and not worry about it. And it's like, well, you wonder why these people are getting into the Senate and stuff because they started at city council and at school board level and they just worked their way up. And you just sat back and watched it happen because you were only worried about, you know, the 3% of black people that you need. You know, so it's like you guys realize you have like an untapped market of people who you can reach. Like people like me, like I'm not voting Democratic. But, you know, unless I know who the Republican is, I'm probably not going to participate in voting at all. And it's like there's millions of people that you're missing out on because of the reason. So you might want to, you know, spend some money, reach those people, reset demographic of people and find out, hey, what, what can we do? Because, I mean, even if you just go for policies, just policies itself will bring most people over. But we don't know. We don't know who you are. And it was like that with uh, with Kimberly Clasic when she first started. You know, people didn't know who she was. But once she started getting out, you know, and actually spending money to, you know, to reach those people and then started introducing the policies, people were like, well, yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you're saying. It's like, well, you obviously agree. So, you know, you don't need to vote the other way because they don't care. And that's how, that's why our commercial was so effective. Because it pointed it all out. It was like, look, you know, you agree with what I'm saying, but the people you're voting for have been doing this. So maybe you need to, you know, review what you're doing. Like it's a shell game or, you know, three card Monty. Here, we'll tell you this, but then we'll give you this, right? So, but Kim is great, man. I've, I've seen a lot of her car, uh, uh, commercials and read her posts. And um, I think she's exactly what Baltimore needs you know, in terms of, of representation in, in Congress. So I'm, I'm really pulling for her. And um, I wish we had, you know, more Kim Clasics around. Like in, I live in Pennsylvania now in Southeast PA. We, we get an overflow of blue from Philly, but the rest of the state is pretty much red. And um, I know, I mean, where I live out in the country here in Amish land, you know, everybody, you see Trump stickers and flags and everything everywhere, right? And it's big truck country and all that, like kind of like Texas. But uh, the way we're carved up, 
you know, the counties and the districts and stuff, there's a, a huge amount of popula population to the east towards Philly that's, you know, swaying our, our district to blue. It, re it really needs to be redistricted or recarved up somehow. Yeah, and I think they're, you know, they're sneaky about that, uh, you know, going through and doing the districts and stuff because that's, that's stuff that they vote on that, you know, we, we would never even know about it. Yeah, you know, we're going to redistrict this area. And it's like, I didn't even know that. Like, where I'm at, where I'm at now in, in San Antonio, so I'm outside the city limits. I'm in the county, but I'm outside the city limits. So as far as my state representative, my state representative is, is uh, Will Hurd. So we got Will Hurd. We got, uh, we got Cruz. We got Castro. Ugh, we got Sheila, Sheila Jackson. You know, so it's like, you know, you're looking at them. It's like, man, you know, and Will Hurts talking about retiring. It's like, well, you know, who's going to get his 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 seat? You know, we're definitely trying to keep it red because there's been an influx of, of blue at the local levels. Like all the, if you look at all the mayors of all the major cities here in in Texas, you know, they're liberal minded. You know, mayors. You know, we got the one here in uh, in San Antonio, Nuremberg, whatever his name is. And then you got Mr. Defund the Police up in Austin and then Dallas and, and, uh, and Houston as well. You know, they're all kind of left-leaning. So it's like you, know, you got you to gotta change this at, at city levels, man. So I'm definitely looking into it myself, you know, running for city council or, or school board. You know, I just need to get my feet wet and, and you know, raise some hell is, is really what the plan is. You know, I want them to legit be afraid that I will show up where they're at and fight them. You know, they're, they're trying to get dirty with politics. Like, you know, I want them to think that. I, I think you should run, man. I mean, you, why not? You got nothing to lose, right? Get out there and, you know, kick some butt. And, um, and yeah, I mean, at least with, with Texas, you guys have a, 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 st a conservative governor still. Yeah, man, he's a... He's a rhino. You know, he, he takes, you know, 10 steps forward and 18 back. Oh, really? Yeah, man. He, so he's big on these mask mandates and stuff like that and slowly opening businesses and all that. He does all these things that are like anti-Texan, but then, you know, and even selling like uh, some of the land here to China. You know, I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like he sold, he sold land to China, so it's like, He'll take you know ten steps back and ten steps forward and eighteen back because he'll you know he'll do all that stuff and then he'll turn around and you know to the Austin mayor who's defunding the police he was like oh we're not having that here in Texas you're not gonna defund the police here well, I'll take it over and it's like yeah good it's like all right I know he was he was pretty tough on the mayor of Austin too on the homelessness and you know clean up the city otherwise I'm gonna bring people down here to do it for you. But he's like, oh, yeah, you guys want to protest and tear up the Capitol. Yeah, you know, you guys have the right to do that. It's like, really, dude? <laughs> They're protesting in front of your house and you're not doing nothing about it. If Texas goes, the whole nation's going to go because Texas is like, you know, historically, it's like the last holdout of the last bastion of conservative thought, right? So you guys got to hold, pull it together, hold it together, man, down there. Man, tell them to stop moving here from California. Yeah, right. Well, my brother, my brother moved to um, Austin from uh, California, but I mean, he's, you know, he's just as red as, as we are and he doesn't live in the Austin city limits. He lives more out 
you know, in the, in the outskirts. So, um, but yeah, he tells me stories all the time of what's going on in um, Austin and the city area. They're, they're an island, man. You know, they're surrounded by conservative cities. Austin is, because I mean, we're, we're, we're a major city, but like outside of Austin, the areas outside of Austin are like smaller towns, you know, and gun carrying, you know, <laughs> truck driving, you know, rednecks out there in those areas around Austin. So it's like, you guys are okay in Austin doing all that nonsense, but you know, once you step outside of Austin, though, we don't want to hear that. Yeah, it'd be like Oregon. And the same is true up in Washington too. You know, it's like around Seattle and Redmond and that whole area. That's like the tech corridor. I don't know what it is about tech, man. It's like, you know, when, when back in the day, I mean, you even see stuff that Steve Wozniak talks about today. He's like, you know, I don't support all of this Uber left leaning liberalism. Um, You know, back in the day, we were fighting against the man, you know, with uh, Apple and we were fighting for free speech for everybody, not just, you know, left leaning folks. And so he's not down with all the censorship and everything else that's happening. But um, I don't know what it is about tech that draws all the, you know, super liberal folks, because we're 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 definitely a minority in, in the tech industry as conservatives. They can control a lot of things, man. I, I am finding that conservatives who are in tech don't want to talk about it because they, they want they don't want to be outed, you know, as a conservative. Well, I mean, when you, when you look at when you look at the personality of most people who are who are in involved in tech, most of them are introverts. You know, they they're introverts. They just want to come do their job and go home. Don't bother me. Leave me alone. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to you because we're working on a project together. But you know, once this project's over, leave me alone. I think some of it is rooted maybe in, um, you know, to work in tech, you have to have a really open mind. You have to be able to say, okay, well, if this isn't possible, then maybe this is possible. And there could be like 30 different ways to get to the solution you're looking for. And so then you start to develop this, well, any, any way the wind blows is okay, right? This, this uh, moral relativism type of approach or mindset, maybe that's where it comes from. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I think conservatives are more like the the project managers of the the tech world. We're like, no, this is what we're doing. This is how we, this is how it needs to get done because it's been proven it works this way. This is the way. I like you guys' input. I appreciate it. Everybody's gonna have input, but that doesn't work. You gotta have facts. You know, <laughs> I don't care about your feelings. We're not gonna meet for fifteen minutes about how you feel about something. <laughs> but it's surprising. I mean, it, it was shocking about Nevada you know, and, and how blue they've become over the years. Cause Nevada used to be a really red state with conservative. Um, I mean, in spite of ga- the gambling industry and so on and, and uh, legalized prostitution and all that down in Vegas, overall, the, you know, the city and, and the state itself was, was pretty red. Again, them Californians, man, the whole, the whole West coast, the people were like on the, on the Pacific coast, you know, they start migrating inland, you know, and they, they take their ideals with them to whatever state they go to and you know try and change it They're like, oh yeah i hate higher taxes but i'm gonna vote for somebody who's gonna bring higher taxes it's like <laughs> yeah it doesn't make any sense they, they flee california because of, of stuff like that and then yeah they make make wherever they're going to into california they've trashed austin man austin's been austin's trash the homeless population is ridiculous the the housing prices are ridiculous you know obviously the belief system is is ridiculous and 
Like, I hate that city. I hate it. There's always traffic for no reason. And, you know, the people up there are weird for no reason. And it's just, it's ridiculous. It's like they try. It's like they're trying to be weird. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Once um, America started kicking God out of the equation, you know, that's, that's the problem. It's another reason why they hate Trump, because he's bringing it back. Is he the perfect man? No, but he's the perfect man for the job. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't, you know, I, I don't support him. You know, I, I already have a pastor. He's the president, you know, vote for him to be the president, not the pastor of the United States of America. So, you know, I don't expect him to, you know, know every Bible verse. He, the fact that he acknowledges God and, you know, he, he prays in Jesus' name and, you know, he's not afraid to, you know, support, you know, the church and, you know, a relationship with Christ. You know, I, I support the man for that. I do. You know, and bringing, bringing prayer back in schools was, was a big one for me. You know, saying that, yeah, you can pray in school. Nobody going to tell you you can't pray in school. Because I, I remember, you know, being in school and be like, man, you know, we can't pray or nothing. And it's like, and this was in the 2000s, the early 2000s. It's like, man, you know, you can't pray in school. What kind of nonsense is this? You know, year after year after year, and you know, all this has been just kind of a, a culmination. You know, it's it's it was like a shock factor. I think that's what it was with, with President Trump. I think it was a shock factor for a lot of people because you know they've been they've been sinning, living in sin for so long that you know you're you're faced with accountability. And it's like, oh whoa, you know, those demons start acting up, and getting mad about it. And that's that's what you're seeing, man. It's just a manifestation of a demonic activity. Yeah, I definitely think there there's something you know satanic and and luciferian and and evil about the left i mean it's not just it's not that just that we don't agree on issues i mean stuff like that that cuties movie um and i mean it's so blatantly obvious netflix has a show called lucifer yeah (laughs) you know i mean they're not even hiding it anymore right yeah, they have a lot. They have a lot of demonic shows, man. And you'll see them like they'll preview them, and you'll you'll see all those demonic shows. Now they're just flat out. Yeah, like you said, Lucifer. There it is. They make a show about Lucifer. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I mean, is it any wonder that we have all these problems in our nation if we're losing sight of God and and those things that are good and and wholesome and pure and um and and I think you know we've really instilled in people, especially millennials and so on, the the idea that they're entitled to something like everyone can be a rock star so let's have this american idol oh i don't have to work hard or anything i'll just sing and they'll make me a millionaire like miley cyrus or beyonce or whatever right yeah yeah people who sold their literally sold their souls you know for that for that fame and it's you know if you look at these superstars now they all did the same thing you know, they all sold their souls. You know, they all compromise. You know, whether whether delving into you know satanic rituals or homosexuality or whatever they're messing with and playing with, and you know, it's it's all demonic, and you can see it on them. There's no reason for some of these people to be superstars, and you're looking at him, you're like, man, his whole face is tatted up, and he's not saying nothing in the song. And and, and it's sad because I mean, you watch these TikTok videos, right? And everyone thinks they're the next Justin Bieber. You know, oh, look at me. I'm, I'm so cool. I'm the, it's the me show. It's just kind of sad. It's ridiculous, man. But yeah, you know, I just continue to focus on God and just, you know, live, live by the word and, you know, try everything by the word. Cause now we, we live in a society where, you know, evil is good and good is evil. Anything you say positive and anything you say about God, oh no, how dare you? Uh, uh, you're, you're minoritizing me and, you know, you're you're an isist or whatever, you know, whatever term they want to come up with instead of just calling, calling evil evil. 
And that that's another problem that I noticed, man. They people don't just want to call evil evil because if if they do, they have to acknowledge good and you know God is good, and they have to acknowledge that. But they don't want to acknowledge it. You know, they want to have isms for everything. You know, you're a misogynist, you're a racist, you know, you're a sexist. It's like no, there's just some evil people out there because you know the Prince of Darkness, you know, runs runs the world. He's in the world. You know, the devil's in the world. That's it. But guess what? If you turn to God, you won't have to worry about that. Yeah. Oh no, I can't. I can't do that. He's just racist. Like no, man, it's he's racist. Yeah, God is racist. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and and it really nobody wants to. Nobody wants to humble themselves. Everyone wants to be the king of the kingdom of me, right? Um, instead of you know bowing down before Jesus and acknowledging His deity and and His lordship and um, and acknowledging that God is the ruler of everything. Yeah, they can't. They can't. They can't do that. No. It's, no, it's, it's got to be something else, you know, it's whatever, whatever psychology says at the, at the time or whatever it says in some, you know, some book, you know, every book, but the Bible. Right. Like you, you must be weak because you're a Christian and you need to, you know, you need that crutch, mental crutch or something, right? It's like, oh yeah, religion's for weak people. Well, you know, for me, it's not a, a religion, you know, it's a relationship, I have a relationship with Christ, you know, it's not about religion. Like I was saying, everything that that's happening isn't it's in the Bible, you know. And, and people wonder, you know, what like some of the things that I do, you know, because I, I do like to read, and you know, everything I read it's in the Bible, like literally. If you want to know anything about anything from from finances to relationships, it's it's in the Bible, you know. But everybody wants to read every other book except for the Bible. They don't want to, you know. It's like a mirror; it's going to make you see, you know, what's inside of you. And if you see what's inside of you, you're accountable you know, for that. You're accountable for having to change. And if people don't want to change, you know, they're comfortable being who they are, doing what they're doing, you know, living how they're living. And, you know, they get mad at us as Christians because we, we show them that accountability, that they're not being accountable, that they're not living right. Because they're not comfortable around people like us. They're not. You know, you have a, a conversation with somebody who's, you know, they don't believe in God or don't have a relationship with God or used to have a relationship with God. And they're around people who are actively, you know, living, you know, God's word. They're uncomfortable. They are. They're uncomfortable so they react emotionally because they they don't know and it's it's not them it's what's inside of them that's acting like that that's acting out holy spirit convicting them exactly they're being convicted yeah and we don't even have to say anything we're just there and you're like man you know, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even do that to you what's your problem with me i don't know it's just something about you you're so judgmental you're like all i did was look at you all i did was say hi you judge me how dare you judge me the the bible says thou shalt not judge like, eh, the Bible doesn't say that. That's not exactly what the Bible says. Do you really want to know what the Bible says about judgment? Because you, you don't want to know. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not the judge that you have to worry about. I'm just the messenger. Exactly. You know, the judge is coming. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just here to tell you what's going on. You might not like where you're going. I'm like the bailiff. Yeah. Here to announce the judge. <laughs> That's, that's it, man. It's imperative that, you know, we we have that we have that relationship, you know, with, with God. It, it is. It's it's imperative. So, you know, it's either we're we're in a position now where it's if if you're gonna live for Christ, you, you have to. If you're not, you're not, then don't don't play with it. It's it's not a time to play around with it right now. You know, it's you're you're gonna be on one one side of the fence or another because the way things are looking now, man, it's anytime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out and uh, practice my my rapture jump, man. Cause it's <laughs> yeah, like any any second, you know, it, it could happen. And um, I am encouraged though about one thing. I want to you know share positive before we end is um, I am seeing some good things. Like on Facebook, you know, there's a group of people that gets together and 
you know, we don't even talk about anyone's um, origins or what they really believe in. All it is is a group that says, hey, we're going to pray for the president. And I wish I could go back to, um, you know, 2008 and so on, because even though I didn't really care for Obama, um, I would be willing to pray for him because he is the leader of our country. That's an undisputable fact. You know, if he gets elected, then he's going to be in charge. And um, it would be stupid not to pray that he makes good decisions and so on. So the same is true with Trump, man. I mean, whether you like the man or not, you should be praying that he follows the will of God and makes good decisions, right? So... Yeah, and that he's you know that he's surrounded with with good people. You know that at least there's there's somebody who's you know who's believes in Christ that is surrounded by him, and he seems to be surrounded by people you know who who have a relationship with Christ, and that's for me, man. That's in, that's encouraging. You know when you see people speaking like the uh, the RNC, the people who are speaking there and they're professing their relationship with Christ. I was like, man, he has some good people around him. Definitely, yeah. So I'm I'm I have a hope i have a lot of high hopes for the election and and for the next four years and you know i, I pray about it daily and multiple times throughout the day and I, i'm sure you do too and and it's good to meet other brothers like you and in the lord and that care about our country and and um you know aren't afraid to take a stand for what's right so thank you for doing that yeah, so it's to the point we have to, you know, it's we got to. It's, it's not something we can be be quiet about, you know, and and we got to be bold, you know, be bold about our walk. And it's for me, it's it's a position where it's like they're they're not gonna like me anyway, you know, because it's the world. We're, I'm not supposed. To, they're not supposed to like me, you know. So while they're not liking me, let me go ahead and uh, put them on front street a little bit. That's fine. <laughs> let me go ahead and make them really mad. <laughs> Give them a reason not to like me. I mean, they're not gonna like me anyway. You know, I just say, you know, God is good. And they, you know, they're all mad about it. But okay, well, you know, let's see why he has not really mad. You know, God is good and you have to have a relationship with him. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be eternally separated from him. You know, that's what the Bible says. Regardless, it doesn't matter how good of a person you are. You know, if you don't have a relationship, you know, when it comes down to it, we all have to face judgment. Every, every last one of us by ourselves, you know, we have and we have to stand in front of him by ourselves. And, you know, he's going to he's gonna have that, that screen, that screen up, and it's going to show us everything that we've ever done. It's not the healthy that need a doctor. Yep. I want to make sure that, you know, my, my name's in, in both books. And I want to make sure that anybody I come in contact with that, that doesn't have a relationship, I want to, you know, introduce them, you know, to, to Jesus Christ and, and make sure that their names are written in the books as well. Because this... I mean, it's, I, I feel bad if, you know, I knew somebody, you know, passed away and I don't know about their relationship, you know, with God. So, and it's, it's our job, you know, while we're here, you know, our jobs to, you know, the, to preach the gospel and to get the gospel out and, you know, one plants, you know, one waters, but it's got to give us an increase. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be in a position of planting those seeds or I'm going to be in a position of watering the seeds, but, you know, I have a job to do and, you know, I'm going to do that while I'm here. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. And, uh, you know, we're going to stay in touch online and stuff. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, brother. Take care. I appreciate you, man. All right. Peace. Later. You've been listening to the America for God podcast. Please consider donating by visiting our website, www 
www.americaforgod.com. Don't forget to like us on free speech platforms Parler, Gab, Podias, Neely, Magabook, and Mine. Also, spread the word among your friends and family. As Jesus said in Matthew 18:20, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Have a blessed rest of your day.